Welcome to the Doxology and Theology Podcast, presented by the Institute for Biblical Worship at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's right, I said the Doxology and Theology Podcast, a podcast for worship leaders who know that the gospel is so good, it has to be sung. I am your host, Matthew Westerholm, Associate Professor of Church Music and Worship at Southern Seminary and the Executive Director of the Institute for Biblical Worship. On today's episode, we are dipping into our worship resources to bring you a clip by Dr. D.A. Carson. Dr. Carson is a prolific author and theological educator, as well as the co-founder of the Gospel Coalition. In this clip, taken from our very first D&T conference in 2014, Dr. Carson's sermon on John 4 takes a moment to ask, what does Jesus mean when he says that God is looking for true worshipers? to pause and think for a moment about what this means. This text says that Jesus is looking for true worshipers. Not true worship, but true worshipers. And true worshipers in this context means those who worship God according to the structure of the new covenant that is no longer bound up with debates about Samaria and Judea, things like that, but bound up with the one who is himself the temple of God. You see, in the Old Testament, as we've seen, worship was bound up under the Old Covenant with the temple. It was localized. Then you read a text like Romans 12. I beseech you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices. That's sacrificial temple language, don't you see? That you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your spiritual worship. Not a temple in sight. That is, all of life is bound up with worship. We offer ourselves to God. We don't go in through proxy, a priest, once a year or three times a year, offering an animal in proxy. We offer ourselves to the living God. That's the very structure of the new covenant. Thus, If we are laying ourselves before the living God, saying wholeheartedly, by faith, through his grace, here I am, have me, do what you want with me, we are worshiping. And if we are singing a glorious hymn, but meanwhile lusting after the person of the opposite sex three pews over, we're not worshiping. When God says he's seeking true worshipers, he means not only worshipers that understand this shift in the covenant so that everything is focused on God as he's disclosed himself in Christ on the cross, but worshipers who give themselves utterly to God in this non-localized way that recognizes who God is, what the truth of the gospel is, who Jesus is as the truth. They confess that Jesus is Lord. They tremble at his word. They're extremely God-centered. 
So here again is something we must learn about worshiper, worship. God pursues true worshipers, not mere worship. May I venture on a small excursus here? Hey, I can say what I want. I'm leaving to speak in California. (laughs) We have sometimes developed terminology and understandings which, though I understand them, are actually a bit misleading. We have worship leaders. What do worship leaders do? Basically, they lead singing and occasionally a biblical text or two and maybe a prayer. After the worship leader comes the preacher. Whatever the preacher is, he's not a worship leader. He's not singing. Now, because of this use of terminology, which you cannot find warranted anywhere in the New Testament, you just can't find it, some people have flipped and gone the other side. What they've said is, well, in the light of Romans chapter 12, the fact that we're to offer our bodies constantly as a living sacrifice to God, which is our spiritual worship, in the light of the fact that we don't have a temple and so worship is all the time. Worship is everything that we do. Worship should embrace all of life, our, our thought and word and deed, our, our work at home, our family relationships, our, our witness at work, our, uh, the, the way we pick up the, the, the trash. Everything we do is offered up to God. We're, we're, we're His. That, that's, that's worship. All of life is worship. So you can't say you come to church to worship. So you ask back to these folk who have flipped the switch the other way, and you say, what do you come to church for? And they say something like, well, for edification, to to edify one another. So does that mean, therefore, that we worship all week, then when we come to gather as a church assembly, we don't worship, then we edify one another? There's something wrong with that somewhere, too, don't you see? No, no. The biblical model, it seems to me, is something like this. We are to offer ourselves constantly up to God. The focus of Christian worship is not localized. We are to offer ourselves constantly up to God. In that sense, there's worship that ought to be going on all the time in all of our lives. And where there's not, we should be repenting and asking for forgiveness and worshiping in that sense, going back to the cross again and again. And then when we gather on the Lord's Day, we continue our worship, but now corporately corporately and usually in a more focused array. Oh, we've had times of reading the Bible during the week and meditating on God and trying to make the right decisions in the light of God's Word and the like, but now we come under His Word corporately, not just in private devotions, and so there's now corporate worship. But surely that's the whole service, not just the singing. So, do we worship God when we stand up to sing? Then we sit down, the, the pastor opens his Bible, and he starts to preach, and starts to... We stop worshiping, then we're just learning and getting edified. Or surely, 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 we worship as we hear the Word of God and remember Him who has said, to these will I look, they who are, of, who are humble and of a contrite spirit and who tremble at my Word. So I'm nervous about making song leaders worship leaders. I think it distorts our theology of worship. It reduces it into something too small. To worship is to sing. Well, God knows it's a big place for singing in Scripture, both under the Old Covenant and the New. That's not my brief to talk about that, but but much more could be said. But to reduce that then to worship is to miss the sweep of what Jesus says in a passage like this. It's to miss the sweep of Romans 12. It's to miss the change in the structure from the Old Covenant to the New. Do not think of yourself 
as a worship leader unless everyone who leads in any respect the people of God in corporate worship are also worship leaders, including the person taking up the offering and the person who's preaching and the, the, the person who's reading the announcements. You're gathered together as the people of God to edify one another under the lordship of Christ, renew your covenantal vows and all the rest under the hearing of the word of God. And you worship corporately. That's a hard place to stop, but if you'd like to hear the rest of this message from Dr. D.A. Carson entitled, God Seeks True Worshippers, go to our website, biblicalworship.com, and click podcast. Click around to find the show notes for season one, episode one, and we're happy to share with you the entire thing. While you're at our website, you can find information concerning other worship resources from the Institute for Biblical Worship the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and our upcoming Doxology and Theology Conference. That's biblicalworship.com. That is what we have for you this time on the Doxology and Theology Podcast. Our show is produced by Evan Jarms, engineered by Mark Norris and Caleb Sherwood, and the music is by our good friends at Murphy DX. Until next time, this is Dr. Matthew Westerholm reminding you that the gospel is so good it has to be sung. Peace be with you.